evening. Good evening. It is Across the Tracks podcast. It is the first podcast of 2021. Uh, this is working on our third year of podcasting. This will be our anniversary starting uh, today. So uh, we're going to kick it off. I'm Steve. Yeah, and I'm Wayne, and happy 2021. And uh, wow, it's been three years, man. Uh, hard to believe we've been doing this for three years. We're, wor- we're working on our third year, my working brother. Working on the third year from an idea that sprang from a couple of friends, a bunch of friends getting together on a cruise ship. That's uh, that's where we are. So it's all good, man. Glad to be here in 2021. And uh, got some interesting stuff tonight. And uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's let's kick off 2021. Okay, let's let's start with uh, Memorial today. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll let you kick this off. This is a, a memorial about a principal in one of the uh, eastern eastern uh, cities that became infamous or famous for his <laughs> way of dealing with youngsters. His faculty had to take control of a pretty bad situation, and on our East Coast cities and. Um, We're going to talk about uh, the passing of Mr. Joseph Clark, Joe Clark. What are are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Joe Clark, man. Joe Clark, um, I think, man, from my aspect, Joe Clark is one of my heroes, man. Um, Wow. A situation he walked in, um, principal of Eastside High School, Patterson, New Jersey, back in the, I think it was the, uh, was it 70s? 70, 90s, uh, 70s or 80s, I think. 70s or 80s. It may have been the 80s. But um, inherited a terrible, terrible situation in that school uh, where the kids were pretty much running the school. Drugs rampant, gang violence, uh, teachers were being assaulted. Just, just terrible situation. And the fact that the state of New Jersey was going to shut the school down unless the kids could pass the basic skills test. Um, and if they couldn't get at least 75% on that test, the state of New Jersey was going to take that school over. And odds are, because it was in a poor, um, you know, poverty-stricken area of New Jersey, the odds are that school would be closed and those kids would probably have to find another location to attend school. So um, Joe Clark took that situation head on. Uh, if you've ever watched Lean on Me, again, one of my most favorite movies, Um he did a yeoman's job, man, in turning that school around. And not only did he turn the school around, but he inspired confidence in all the kids in that school. And, um, you know, the methods that he employed, I don't know if they would fly today. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think they could fly today. But some of what he did, I think we need today. And so I'll toss it back over to you as you've been an educator and you've been in public education. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, could some of the things that Joe Clark did in Eastside High back then, could some of those tactics be employed today? And um, if so, yes, which ones? And, you know, what's just your general thoughts on Mr. Clark? I think that overall his tactics would not be accepted today. However, I know of some situations where his tactics are being used, mm-hmm. and it's a situation in which uh, it's a pretty rough school district. And then I'll I'll come out and say it: Indianapolis Public School District, it's, uh, the largest school district in the state of Indiana, and you've got uh, situations where you know white flight took place back in the um, uh, 70s and the school district uh, went went literally to hell and the kids are you know from a tough neighborhoods Indianapolis has gone from uh, being a fairly decent uh, uh, Indianapolis public schools used to be the crown jewel of all school districts in the state of Indiana and wow. be- before white flight took place, it was the top school district. Now, of course, when white flight takes place, you know, all the money and all the resources are going to go out to the suburbs. 
you know, because uh, Indianapolis has got nine school districts in it. And they're all geographically located, you know, the northwest side, northeast side, north central and so on. And the very center township is Indianapolis Public Schools. And uh, it is a, a school district that's challenged in which the school has the state has taken over the school. It's pretty tough. You have to you have to put your combat boots to go in there <laughs> and practice and and teach and some of those uh schools within ips you know they're still struggling today but there are some schools that are start slowly starting to make their way out some of those taxes that joe clark use uh, they they use those tactics not as tough as him but you know talking to the kids and getting on the kids and getting them strong uh getting them to go in the right direction and dealing with teachers. I, I have a former student of mine, a former football player of mine who is now an assistant principal and he um, he runs one of the uh, alternative schools and I have we we meet and we have uh, breakfast or lunch periodically. And the wisdom that this young kid that used to be my student slash football player uh, that he has developed as as an administrator in a tough school district, in an alternative school, dealing with students and teachers is remarkable. He's doing a hell of a job by making teachers be accountable for what they're supposed to do and making the kids be responsible and accountable for what they what they were do. Now it, it's amazing that he's able to do that. Now when he was in school, he was a card, man. I mean he was he was the guy that was always into something, but it wasn't bad stuff. Right. You know? Right. And uh, he has a twin brother, but they're not identical twins. And I'm close friends with his grandparents and all that stuff, you know, and they said, you better watch out for him, you know, because he's gonna be the one that's gonna be uh the 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 guy that's gonna basically be the accomplished of the two twins and he's done a great job man so as far as joe clark goes you know he did what he had to do to straighten that school out and if you know the the lead the listening audits you know know that um the the motion picture lean on me uh in which uh Oh God, I can't think of his name now. Who played Joe Clark? Um, Morgan, Freeman. Morgan Morgan Freeman yep. played Joe Clark, and he, you know, he he did what he had to do. And yeah. some of the things in that movie, and you know, was, of course, it was exaggerated, but uh, it was a good movie. Joe Clark uh, turned around the school district, turned around the schools that he was in, and was known, and people uh, relied upon his toughness uh, to uh, be used in other school districts. And so he was, he was known for that as well. Uh, He's a guy that will be missed. Uh, His, his legacy is there, whether you like him or not, he did what was best for what he thought was best for uh, his school, his teachers and his students. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So rest in power. Rest in peace, Mr. Joe Clark. So have a, another memorial to talk about. And uh, this is something from our childhood, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think we all grew up back in the day watching Gilligan's Island. And uh, I know I did. Now, I speak for myself. I was a big Gilligan's Island fan. Oh, I, who was it? <laughs> you know, watching Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and um, the young lady that played Mary Ann uh, passed away um, this uh, last week, uh, right, right, I think, right at the brink of the new year. Uh, Dawn Wells uh, played Mary Ann. And, uh, man, you know, um, I, Gilligan's Island, man, it used to make me so mad. <laughs> You know? so why, why couldn't they get off that damn island? Why couldn't they get off that damn island? And I mean, you've got a, you've got all this wood and everything around you. And I think they tried to build a raft. They a few tried times. to build several rafts. Yeah, they built several rafts. But my thing is, why not fix the boat? <laughs> why not fix the boat? 
And, uh, you know, week after week, we tune in to watch to see if these folks are going to get off this island. And I saw the last episode when they finally did get off the island. It's pretty funny, too, uh, when they did finally get off the island. Uh, but uh, Don Wells, um, you know, the, the big debate amongst uh, a lot of people were who was the hottest, Marianne or Ginger, you know, <laughs> of the two ladies that were on the island. And, uh, you know, depending on which which type of uh, character you preferred, uh, they were different characters. You know, right. Marianne was wholesome from Kansas. I think she was a farm girl from Kansas, whatnot. But she played uh, a pivotal role um, in, you know, the lives of of people like you and me and a lot of, of other friends that grew up in that same time that, that watched that show faithfully every week. So yeah. Gilligan's Island was a respite from the Westerns and the Cowboys shows that were on at that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it was, it was a funny show. Uh, you know, always kept you laughing and you're wondering like, Oh man, what's going to happen? Are they, are they ever going to be able to get off? And they finally did. And, uh, it, it, that episode was pretty funny that they, they aired that the other night. On one of the channels. Uh, oh, really? I didn't see that. Rescued from Gilligan's Island. They got rescued uh, in honor of her passing. So want to remember her tonight as well. And again, something else from our childhood. Uh, we've talked about it before. It seems like a lot of folks, man, from our childhood era, um, they're passing on, man. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, her uh, passing was uh, there were some issues with COVID-19. Uh, that uh, that led to her passing. So, want to say rest in peace, Miss Don Wells, Marianne from Gilligan's Island. I thought Ginger was the hottest. Ah, oh, Ginger, yeah, Ginger was. <laughs> Ginger was the hottest. Ginger was something else. Yeah. Marianne was nice. She yeah. was wholesome. The yep. Indiana type girl, you know, who's yep. your hospitality? But yep. Ginger was Ginger was hot. Yep. 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 <laughs> That was the big debate. That was the big debate. Are you a Ginger fan or you're a Marianne fan? Yeah. So it's all good. So, yeah. So a um, couple other interesting topics we want to throw out tonight to talk about. Uh, one that caught my eye here uh, over the holidays. I think uh, the NBA season came back. And uh, I've, eh, I haven't watched a lot of games. I think I've tuned in to watch maybe a, um, a game or two, and I'll end up turning it off because, like you, man, I'm, I'm, my interest is starting to wane a little bit. And one of the things that caught my eye on this, and and I'll throw this out, and then I'll let you elaborate on it. The season had only been underway maybe a week, and a couple of key players on this one team, they didn't play this particular game. They were resting. And I'm like, what? The season just started and you're resting. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? This really pisses me off that these guys are resting. The season's been shortened by 10 games. So normal NBA season's 82 games. They're only playing 72 games this year. The season started late because of the way it ended, excuse me, due to the games being played in the bubble due to COVID-19. So, these guys, season just got away, and you're resting. And I'm like, you know what? This is, to me, this is blatant disrespect to the people who are on the front lines fighting COVID-19 who have to get up every day. They got to drive a bus. They got to work in a grocery store. They got to work in a hospital. They're a nurse. They're a doctor. They're anesthesiologist, whatever. They're out there on the front lines every day working to keep people safe. They don't get a choice to say, I'm resting today, you know, and that really just pissed me off, man. I just felt it was so disrespectful in the age in which we find ourselves that here you are, you're making multi-million dollars, more than probably most people will make in their entire lifetime, and you're resting. And it just, it it struck me, man, as just like, this is, this is so disrespectful. And so I said, you know, to my wife, I said, I want to bring this up on the podcast uh, Sunday night, and uh, and and let you, what, what is what is your thoughts on it? Do you, do you view it that same way, or am I just am I just being oversensitive about the issue? <laughs> well, you know, I I think that it is disrespectful. I think that these guys are doing this uh, games management crap. Is the fact that you're you're being paid millions of dollars to play 82 games 
72 this year. Yeah, 72. And you can't go. It's not as if it's like soccer and you're constantly moving for 90 minutes. Right. You know, you're going to have, basically, they play 24-second breaks. Yep. 24 seconds. They're going to shoot the ball, rebound, come back down. They're going to take their time, walk the ball back down court, 24 seconds, and, and do that on a, on a, a 94-foot uh, court. There's no need to rest. If they can't put those 82 games in and they're not, they're not hurt, then they should be playing. Right. You know, as you mentioned, the people that are first responders, the people that are working every day, that are working in service industries, who are are making minimum wage. Yep. You know, seven dollars and fifteen cents an hour. And they're having a hard time struggling. And as you mentioned, in a lifetime of working with seven dollars and 15 cents an hour as, as a minimum wage they won't get a million dollars nope in a nope. lifetime and that is if they worked overtime every day for their entire career they're not going to get it and these guys are playing a game in which they're making multi-million dollars and they're now taking breaks already yeah yeah, you know, as yeah. as I'm as I mentioned, I I don't watch a lot of basketball because the NBA has changed a lot. Uh, and I yesterday was the first time that I watched a full basketball game. Wayne, Stephanie was home, and Colorado State was playing San Diego State. Yep. Yep. And some other game was on before, and Stephanie said, "Okay, I'm gonna watch the game because you know she's an athletic trainer and she right, works with right. some of those, works with some of those guys. And one of her colleagues is the athletic trainer for the men's basketball team. Well, we turned the game on, and it was 28 to five, San Diego State whipping up on Colorado State." <laughs> But to make a long story short, Colorado State got the ball back, you know, got back into range and eventually wins the game. You know, with, uh, you know, a, a, a four point play to go up by one and then they get the ball, they go up by uh, three and then they steal the ball to win the game. That's the only game I've Wayne. It's the only game I've watched, the full game I've watched since 1985. Wow, wow. However, as as college kids go, you know they're not making any money, and they played the game to play the game and win. And the NBA does too, but you know them taking games off, that's yeah. not right. Yeah, it's yeah. not and right. It, yeah, and and it, to me, it's really glaring when the commentators are calling it out because the commentators are like, "What are you doing resting? The season just started." Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing resting, man? And, and even the ones that just finished playing, hell, they had five weeks off before they right. went to the bubble. Right, right. I, I just, I just thought it was so. If you if you contrasted what these guys are doing, man, you 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 take a night off. It's your job. You're taking a night off from your job. You're not hurt. You're just like I, I'm going to take off tonight. I need rest. And you hear every night on the news where the nurses and the first responders are like, look, man, we are so tired because mm-hmm. the COVID cases are coming in 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 vast numbers. We're so tired. But we got to keep grinding. We got to keep supporting people. We got to keep taking care of people. I'm sure they would love to take a night off. Yeah. And, they and, they, and they're on their feet for 12 hour shifts. They're on their feet for 12 and sometimes more than that. Mm-hmm. And then you are perfectly healthy and you're resting, you know. On, but come on, give me a break. As, 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 come on, man. It, it, it just, to me, it was just so blatantly disrespectful to what is going on right now 
uh, in this country that, uh, you know, it just it was it was a contrast that was so clear to see. This is disrespectful. And so I just wanted to throw that out tonight and uh, get that off my chest, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, let it be let it be said. Like you say, we say it like we see it. And that's how I see it. And uh, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. So going to leave it at that. Yep, so yep. I'll throw this next one over to you to let you kick it off. Uh, another big sports story this week. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, who was a first round draft pick NFL quarterback. He was released this week by the Washington football team. They don't have a name yet. Um, formerly the Washington Redskins, who they, you know, finally saw the light and uh, changed their name uh, because that name has always been offensive to Native American people. So now they're just the Washington football team. But he was released this week. And uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that um, basically him not being responsible. (laughs) So I'll throw it over to you, let you kick it off. As a former football coach uh, who's been around football for quite a while, your your thoughts on him being released as a number one draft pick in the NFL? Well, it just goes through his character, his immaturity more than anything. When your your head coach is battling cancer and you have these NFL protocols about being tested and testing positive and uh, getting out of your lane, going places where you shouldn't be and so on, then uh, him deciding that he's going to go to a strip club and hang out with a whole bunch of people and uh, come back to the facilities and then expose his coach to Corona and knowing that he has, he has possibly uh, tested positive. That's, that's a game changer. Yeah. He had, he had been immature from day one by his lack of, being able to take control of his own uh, his own responsibilities, I should say, uh, on the field and off the field, showing up to meetings late, just being unprofessional, and then he goes out and he um, possibly exposes his coach and his teammates uh, by, you know, going to a strip club. You know, he's 23 years old, very immature. And when you have someone that young, maybe you shouldn't um, give them that amount of money that they can tinker with. You know, maybe all that money should go into a trust in which that money can be invested and you take away some of that, you know, I've got money and temptation that I can go out and do these things and expose, expose my coach. You know, Coach Ron Revere, yeah. which which just last year uh, when they came to Indianapolis for the uh, combine, me, Lynn and uh, Alex's old coach who, who coached him at Holy Cross, his defensive coordinator, uh, also coaches with Ron Revere. And so they play Ron Revere and uh, Richard Rogers. They played at Cal together. You know, they were teammates. And you you remember the play where they lateral the ball and hit the guy with the with the the tuba in the end zone, Cal and yep. Stanford? Yeah, yeah. Well, they were out there at that time and Coach uh, Rogers, we called him Coach Rock, he was he was the only guy that lateraled the ball and he got it twice. Wow. And so they were here in Indianapolis and we went we whenever they come to town or Coach Rock comes to town. You know, we always go downtown and meet him and hang out a little bit, invite him to the house and so on. And so he and 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 Ron Revere were teammates. And so Ron Revere, when he got the Panthers job, he brought Coach Rock from uh, Holy Cross to coach the Panthers. And when uh, he left to go to Washington, he brought Coach Rogers uh, to Washington with him. And so, you know, we hung out with him before. And as a matter of fact, uh, Coach Revere was going to come to the house 
and because he wanted a taste for some collard greens. <laughs> 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 and he had some some other meeting that came for, uh, came up, and so he and Coach Rogers didn't come, but Coach Rogers came on out, you know. So, but yeah, Dwayne Heis, Dwayne Heis, Haskins, uh, he deserved everything he he got, you know. You don't do that. You don't show your immaturity. Maybe this will teach him a lesson that he needs to get beyond his immaturity because. There's only 260 some people, 290 some people that are drafted yep. and has the opportunity to play in in the NFL. So maybe he will learn from his stupid mistakes and his immaturity that he needs to uh, get past it and become a better citizen and to take more responsibilities. That's, those are my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. No, agree wholeheartedly. I, I agree, man. It's it's tough lesson to learn when you're that young. But, you know, in the age of COVID, man, um, you know, everybody's got to do their part. Everybody's got to be responsible. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was aware that your head coach has got a serious underlying condition, man. I, I, I hope he was aware of that, that your coach has a serious underlying condition. And you being out there, man— you know, around people, you don't know them, and you're coming back into the environment with the team. I mean, you're putting people's lives on the line. So I think, you know, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for Rivera. And he's just like, look, I got to let you go, man. So I agree. And maybe he'll learn from this. Hopefully he will. He'll get another opportunity. And, uh, but someone I think needs to, uh, you know, guide him. Uh, come along beside him, uh, some veteran maybe in the league uh, to get along beside him, get in his ear and talk to him about, uh, you know, what it means to be a professional athlete and a good person, you know, overall. So um, hopefully you know, they do that. They do that, you know, but they can't be with them 24 hours a day. Right. Right. You know, they when they go to the combine, come down here, they they put them through, you know, rigorous tests and they question them and so on. And they take them. They talk to them about financial uh, situations and so on. But once they've once they've made the team, you you can't be with them 24 hours. So responsibility has to be on them sometime. And I know that there's people that would mentor him. I know there are people that have. I know for sure that Coach Rock would definitely be a mentor towards him, towards anybody, because that's right, who right. he is. Right. You know, but you can't be with him 24 hours a day, and, and you right. make stupid decisions, you you get burned, and you know you have to live with that. Right. 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 Yep. Every uh, every decision we make has consequences, man, and uh, just so happens this is a big stage you're on, and uh, you know that's that's your that's your job. I mean, that's your career, and now you've jeopardized that. So hopefully he turns it around, man, and we see him back in the league and uh, you know doing some great things uh, down the road. So that's that's yeah. all we can hope and pray for. So yep, yep, all yep. we can hope and pray for. So moving on. The uh, I guess the big story of the day is uh, of many of many <laughs> uh, has to do with the current occupant. And I, I saw your thing on Facebook before we came on the air. 17 days <laughs> till democracy is restored. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that is that is what we're waiting for, man. But uh, democracy, man, is still under attack. And the latest attack was lobbied today by the current occupant uh, trying to pressure the Georgia Secretary of State into finding almost 12,000 votes for him. (laughs) Fine. Can you find me 12,000 votes? I think 11,780 to be exact. Can you find me 11,780 votes? And the fact is they got you on tape doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, what what is what is wrong with why can't people put this to rest? What what is it, man? Why can't people put this to rest? First of all, he is delusional. <laughs> Seriously, you listen. Did you listen to the uh, the tape? I listened. Yeah, I, I listened to the excerpts. Yeah, he believes that he won the election. In his mushy, stupid mind, he believes 
that he won the election. There's nobody that's around him that's a, that will tell him the truth. So whatever he says, it's got to be true. Yeah. So he's calling, he called the Secretary of State of Georgia, and the Secretary of State of Georgia was smart enough to record it with his lawyer. Yep. And the current occupant goes on a rant <laughs> that you're going to overturn this election. And he he made it seem as if the Secretary of State didn't know what the hell was going on. And the Secretary of State of the state of Georgia is voted for the fool. Yep. Okay? And he's telling yep. him that there's no fraud going on with the election. What you see is what you get. Right. We've counted it. Not on, not once. Twice. Three <laughs> times. Four times. Three or four times. <laughs> and we had it certified. Had it there certified. was another count. And as a matter of fact, Biden gained 87 more votes. Yep. And this guy, this fool, is trying to influence the Secretary of State to change the election. Find me 11,000 votes. He's kind of ordering him to find votes. Now, if you've already certified it, if you've already counted them three times, how in the hell can you find right. 11,000 more votes? Unless right. he, he's, he's telling him to cheat and change almost 12,000 votes. That's what he's saying. He's not yep. coming out and saying it right, like right now, but I want you to go through and remark these ballots so that I'll win. Yep. Now, <clears throat> yep. somewhere down the line, either the House of Representatives or the Senate should investigate this because that's election fraud. Yep. That is election fraud. Yep. With the, yep. with, with the current occupant saying that you need to find me 11,000 votes, that's election fraud. He's, yep. he's admitting it right there. He's coming out and saying it without saying it. Yep. I mean, okay. you're, you're, yeah, yeah. And, and you're sort of, I mean, in, in re, you know, in, any other country that, that this would occur in, we would be saying, what are they trying to do? They're trying to uh, start a coup of some type. But nothing is said here. And this, you're trying to overthrow an institution of the government. That's you're literally trying to overthrow an institution of the government, and that is the people's right to vote for their representatives. You are trying to overthrow that, and no one seems to have anything to say about that, you know, except a few people. Um, the the twelve people who are going to uh, the twelve Republican senators that are going to. Uh, Pull whatever stunt they're going to pull on January the 6th uh, when the Congress, um, you know, validates the Electoral College, the votes for the Electoral College. These 12 people uh, that are going have already said, yep, we're, we're going to stand with the president on this, whatnot. And a few other people out here that are that are being foolish, that uh, that are afraid of him, uh, that he's going to tweet something bad about them or whatever. They're they're standing with him. And as I tell my wife, man, these people, they remind me of Wilkie and uh, a soldier. <laughs> they remind me of Private Wilkie and, and, and Wilkie. Kissed Sarge's ass all the time, man. Did everything Sarge wanted him to do. Did all the Sarge dirty work. Yep. Planted the gun on CJ and all other foolishness. Yep. yep. Busted him down to private. And so when Sarge got killed, <laughs> the best line of that movie is like, Wilkie, what are you going to do? Whose ass you going to kiss, kiss now? now. That your number one <laughs> ass is gone. <laughs> yep. And that's who these Republican senators are. They are Wilkies. And when Trump is gone, who are y'all going to suck up to now? I'm I'm wondering what are you gonna do now when this fool is literally ousted on January the twentieth? What are you gonna do now? You you your reputation is trash. What are you going to do now? What's your next act? Yeah. And uh, I I yeah I agree with you, man. Somebody needs to investigate this whole mess, man, about what this guy's trying to do to democratic institutions. 
the the um, you know the the transition of power, everything everything to do with democracy. This dude is trying to undermine on his way out the door, and it's it's despicable, man. Despicable. If, if they don't do something, if if the House of Representatives or the Senate does not do anything, they're laying the groundwork that this is going to become a precedent. Yep. And yep. it will if if they do something that they bring charges against him and and um, uh, make him stand up in front of the Senate or Mar-a-Lago, where the hell he is, um, <laughs> then it's going to send a message to other people that you know if you do this in the future, we're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And and some of those some of the people are Wilkies. And some of them are Ted Bundy's. For example, uh, Ted Cruz. Let, let me rephrase that. Raphael Cruz, because he wants to be white when he's not. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, he wants to be president. And so he's going by the playbook of the current occupant. What can I do that's so outlandish that people look at me and go, "Ooh, where the way to go? Where to go, Ted? That's his guy. Ron Johnson is a flunky. Yeah. Uh, James Lamford uh, from Oklahoma, he's a flunky. Steve Daines from Montana, who who gives a shit about Montana? It's a three <laughs> three electoral votes, so he's doing it. Yeah. John John Kennedy, who used to be a damn Democrat, who flipped over a few years ago, is now sucking up on on. Um, yeah. Uh, the current occupant, Marsha Blackburn, she's just friggin' nuts. Yeah. As as my kids used to say, she's knucking futs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's always got something nasty to say. I mean, every time the reporter starts, she's always got something nasty to say, man. I cannot stand her ass. Yeah. And and Mike Braun from Indy uh, from Indiana, he's sucking on Trump's uh, tube steak. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, um, when they had. Trump came to Indianapolis and came to Southport High School, which is one of the high schools in the school district that I'm on the board of. Yeah. And so um, the superintendent and the, the pr- president of the school board at that time chose to open up Southport High School because they have a gymnasium that holds 9,000 people. Wow. And so it's like the fifth largest gymnasium in, in the country. And so they were going to bring you know, uh, uh, the current occupant was going to show up. He did show up to support Mike Braun and the superintendent and the president of the school board at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't an officer at that time. They made that decision to open up Southport high school to do that. And I threw a fit. I said, what the hell you mean? I said, the school board, all board members didn't get the vote on this. And he goes, no, it was the, the president and myself chose that we would do it. And, you know, Southport was going to get, you know, $10,000 up front from the campaign. And then they got to keep all the concessions and all of that. Well, this Mike Braun character, he came in and, and, and uh, did what he had to do. And the current occupant showed up and so on. And so I was pissed. I mean, I was pissed off. I said, look, you know, I know I'm going to get outvoted because Indiana is a red state. And as I said a thousand times, all they do is practice political incest. And I would have gotten voted over. In other words, I would have lost, but at least they should have brought it to the board. Right. And they didn't. So Mike Braun, I'm looking for you, brother. Okay, and he's just sucking up, you know, Cynthia Lyons, Lyons, she's sucking up, you know, Roger uh, Marshall of Kansas. These 11 guys, they're just they're being seditious. Yep. Okay, and then there's 106 in the House of Representatives. If I was if I was Nancy Pelosi, I says, okay, you vote against this election in which was certified that I'm not going to seat your ass in, in the house. Absolutely. I'm not going to seat you. You, you can, a, you can yep. stand, you can stand out there in the corridors 
Okay. And then we're going to, we're going to just hold your seats. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if she can do it. She should do. I don't know if she can do it, but I mean, the Democrats have a majority. Yep. And, And the Democrats play too soft. They're too nice. Yeah. You know, well, I, I, I think they're learning. I think they're learning. They and haven't they're, learned they're enough. Getting, they're man. getting a little tough. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, if if the shoe was on the other foot, let's go back to 2016. OK, close election. Someone won the popular vote. Hillary won the popular vote by three, three million votes. Yep. She didn't bitch and complain. The Democrats didn't hold up anything when they counted out the when they counted out the electoral votes on the the electoral college. Who was there? Joe yep. Biden. He was the vice president. He counted out. He certified it. Yep. Go back to 2000, uh, uh, 2000 when um, uh, Al Gore said that, okay, I'm not going to let this go any further. He was a vice president of the United States at the time. When yep. they read those, the Electoral yep. College, he didn't bitch and complain. He said, Absolutely. this is, I am voting for, I am certifying that the guy that I ran against who lost by 300, 531 votes is becoming the president of the United States. Not yep. seven freaking million. Yep, yep, yep. The Democrats are too nice. The Democrats are too nice. They need to be more nasty. If if it's going to be a fight, fuck, go ahead and fucking fight. Seriously. If if the democracy is going to go down, go down fighting. Go down fighting for your causes. That's what I say. I wouldn't be soft that way. And I'm not saying that uh, I support everything the Democrats do, but the Republicans have always done that. Yeah. And the Democrats yeah. have always just, oh, well, yeah, we're nice, you know, and so on. Piss on that. You know, <laughs> that's what that's what Republicans wanted in that dumb ass. You yeah. know, we don't. And some of our some of our classmates that we went to school with said we didn't send him here to keep things as it is to to walk up the wall. We want him to tear the wall down. That's their thinking. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're and absolutely then, right. And, and and then they complain about, you know, the Democrats are going to be so socialist. Well, well, socialists, what they're trying to do is communist. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. They they would have crucified Hillary if she had to say anything about, I want to I want to uh, object to the elect. They would have crucified her. But she was classy. She said, hey, I concede. And people went on about their business. There was a peaceful transition of power, and that was it. But now it's like, what the hell, man? I mean, and it, it literally, this is this is you. I think you use the word sedition. This is this is sedition, man. Nothing but. And uh, like you say, man, if they don't if they don't nip this in the bud, as Barney Fife says, if they don't nip it. This is going to set a precedent for every president that comes. From this point on, you know, if they're and and they haven't, they this we're here because this guy wasn't checked from the beginning. This is where we are, where we are, because nobody checked him from the beginning. Yep. And they've allowed they've turned their back like the monkey. Hear no evil. See see no evil. All this kind of foolishness. They know. Yeah. They they've they've turned a blind eye to every crooked, underhanded thing this guy's done. And here we are now. And so, like I say, man, there you 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 mentioned Cruz wasn't a Wilkie, but um, the rest of these guys they are private Wilkies, man. <laughs> they are private Wilkies, kissing his ass. They've been kissing his ass for four years, and when he rides out the door on January the twentieth, whose ass are they gonna kiss now? You know, because their number one ass is no longer the president of the United States. So. Um, Tough times, man. Like you say, 17 days until there's no There's no telling what this fool's going to do yeah, in the there, next 17 days. Yeah, literally. There is there is no – nobody knows what is going to happen. And I think all hell is going to break loose on January the 6th. I truly yeah. believe all hell is going to break loose. And somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Someone is going to get hurt. Um, well, he's, think, in, he's inciting them. He's, he's telling him, yeah. he's telling him to sh- come on, show up in yeah. Washington D.C. I'm going to be there. Yeah. So he wants to have a big crowd, and 
you know, those people, first of all, they're stupid enough to spend their life savings to go there to uh, protest something that shouldn't be protested against. Right, right. Okay? Right. So if if these fools that that follow the fool, they're, they're going to end up just hurting their own reputation. If, if I was... If I were the D.C. people, I'd have CCTV out on every one of them. I'd have I'd be checking every last one of them because it's it's not the day itself. It's that they're just counting the ballots. What are they going to do? Are they going to are they going to rush the Capitol building yeah, and storm it? it? Yeah. yeah. You know, they're going to they're going to go in there. Knows. They could possibly go in there. And shoot up the Capitol building right. and shoot up all those people in right. there. Shoot. Right. It, I mean, right. you don't know. And the dumbass, the current occupant, is saying, I'm going to be here with you. Yeah, well, right. you know, oh, he's going to be there. He'll be there with, you know, with his bulletproof car. Right. He'll, he'll, <laughs> he ain't going to get out of the car. Nope. You know, the Secret Service, they're yep. going to do their job and protect him. Right. And right. all those other people. You know that that are going to show up and going to waste their time because Biden is going to be uh, selected, and yeah, I yeah. would censor if, if I was Nancy Pelosi. I would censor every one of those guys. I would not see them at yeah. all. Okay, I would I would take them off any and every committees that they were on. I would do yeah. all of that, no, and right. and 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 these people that are are raising hell that wants to challenge this, you know, if this was Georgia, if this was a, a, a state that had some blue tendency, a purple state, Mike Braun's ass will be gone in 2024. Yeah. You know, because that's when he's going to be up for reelection. You know, I'm not going to forget. No, I don't I, know if it's, I, it's not going to do any good because the state of Indiana practices political incest. You know, we need to, I really think we need to redo our system. We need to get rid of the electoral college and make, I, I think there are several states now that have passed legislation that whoever wins the popular vote, that candidate receives all of the electoral yep. votes. Yep. Yep. In, in, instead of you know Democrats and Republicans or Independents or whoever, they get to choose their number of electors. You know, Indiana right. has 11, 11 uh, electoral votes. The Democrats get elect eleven electors. The Republican gets eleven electors. And so it'll cut out some of the shenanigans that could possibly happen. And say where. Well, the governor should throw out the Democratic votes and just choose the elect the Republican votes. Right, right. And so there's 14 states that said whoever wins the popular votes, they get all the electors. There's not a you don't have the Democrats choose 11 electors and the Republicans yeah. choose 11 electors. You just have 11 electors, and whoever wins the popular votes, they do. That's what they need to do. Yeah, it should be. It's it's. If if the, if the government is of the people, by the people, for the people, the people should select the people they want to lead them, and uh, let the popular vote be it. Yeah, uh, that that was on the ballot this year in Colorado was um, whoever wins the popular vote. That's all those votes go to their candidate. Period. Right. Right. That's and, great. And that that would cut out all this foolishness, man. Just you know, the people have spoken, and this is who the people want. That's it. Tally up the votes. That's it. Yeah. And and get rid of all this this foolishness. And I mean, we got to validate the votes. OK, I mean, we got to validate the votes. Now we got to get Congress to validate. I mean, this is ridiculous, man. Yeah. And we're supposed to be such a sophisticated country. <laughs> the, the, the other thing, Wayne, that we should do is take the Supreme Court out of the election process. OK, because candidates run, people vote because of who's going to be on the Supreme Court. Yep. This is this is what I think should happen. Justices of the Supreme Court should get 12 years and you're fucking out of there. Yeah, that's yep. it. You get 12 years. 
Okay. The other thing that that could happen is to balance out the Senate. There's a hundred electors. You know, let's let's put let's put it like this: that a minority can't control everything in the Senate. Let's get rid of the um, the uh, oh God, I can't think of it now. Let's get rid of not the tiebreaker. Let's get rid of the filibuster. Filibuster. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Get rid of the filibuster. Yeah. Because you have to have sixty votes. Get rid of that. Just have a ma- a majority vote. Fifty one. Yeah. You just need fifty one forty nine. Get rid of that. That's yeah. something we can do. Yeah. Uh, let's make D.C. a state. Yep. That'll that'll balance things out. Yep. Okay. Because the majority of the people that are going to be in D.C., you know, it's going to balance out the Senate. The Senate, yep. I think. Yep. You know, Puerto Rico could become a state if they choose. Yep. You know, Puerto all Rico things, and D.C. They've been talking those, about that for years. Yes. Yeah. All <laughs> those things can be done to do it. Uh, if I was the Democrats, change the number of people on the court, Supreme Court, balance it out. Yeah. They would have a they would have a fit, but it'll balance things out. Yeah, yeah. You know, wait, wait, wait. I'm I'm on a roll. Go for let's, it. Let's make sure that when like when RBG died and so on, or uh, when Merrick Garland was chosen by President Obama, let's make it that. There has to be a hearing within 45 days of someone being nominated to the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Start, start the process. Yep. 40, hell, let's take it to 40 days. Yep. Okay, let's, let's make it six weeks. That's it. And then let's make that process go. You can't hold somebody out for eight months and then, and then say, well, let me... You know, let that fool, you know, our home state idiot, Yertle the Turtle, Moscow Mitch, let's get rid of his ass. Okay, let's take that power away from him. Yep. Okay, then eliminate that too. Yep. Man, you know what? We we should just redraw up the Constitution. Just you and I, man. Let's just. Yeah. <laughs> we we were talking about that today, man. It's time for an update to the Constitution. Yeah. It's time for a rewrite of the Constitution. And, and you know the other thing is that they should just do a, instead of the electoral college, just have a popular vote. Yeah. You know yeah. that's like that's like people like we're talking about the fool from Montana. Hell, maybe candidates will come to Montana then. Yeah. I mean, that that's how other <laughs> other officials get elected. It's the popular vote. It's who people go to the polls and vote for yeah. mayors and, and city council. All the, that's it's the popular vote. Members. Who got the most votes? <laughs> <laughs> the people have spoken. And I don't know why we can't do that for a, a national level. The popular vote of the people, by the people, for the people. That's it. That that's what we say. So uh, well, again, you know why they're not going to do it because if you if you go back to the past seven elections, the people that's that's voted most of the time, the people that's won the popular votes, seven out of the last eight elections have been Democrats. Yep. And Mitch McConnell is not going to go for that. He's not going to go for that. And these red states aren't going to go for that because you'll have to change the Constitution. Well, I think it's high time that the Constitution needs to be pulled out, needs to be looked at from top to bottom. And 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 some really there there's some changes that probably need to be made to the Constitution, man, because of what we have witnessed these past four years. Unprecedented in the history of this country, where norms have literally been squashed, they've been trampled, and, you know, we, we, we've allowed it. We have allowed it to happen. And so now you've set yourself up. Um, the next person is not going to be Biden. Biden's not that type of person. 
but you don't know who's coming after Biden. And they may say, well, hell, you let this guy to get I'm doing ABCD. I'm going to hold somebody hostage uh, over. I'm not going to give this country aid because I want them to do dig up dirt on somebody or whatever. And guess what? You didn't do anything then. You ain't going to do nothing now. I mean, that's what we've allowed ourselves to be set up for, you know, that the president of the United States has basically said piss on the Constitution. Literally, that's that's what has happened this past yeah, four years. He doesn't believe in it. No. It has no. nothing to and do with his money. Yeah. And to me, it was so hypocritical today. They swore in the 117th Congress. I think it was 117th Congress was sworn in today at noon. Yep. And a lot of those people who are standing up with this fool to support him subverting the election that, that the people have spoken, they stood up, raised their hand and say what they would defend and support the Constitution. They're all liars. All those people who are signing on to support this fool, guess what? You are liars. You are not supporting your oath. And so, yeah, I agree with you, man. If I was Nancy Pelosi, I'm not seating your ass. I am not seating your ass in this chamber. If that is how you are going to respect and, and support and defend the Constitution, I'm not seating your ass. Now, she's not going to do that, but to me, she has every right. She has every right. Yep. Yep. Has every right. So, um, big week this week. Uh, we were hoping that the Georgia elections on Tuesday, that uh, good things come to pass, that the, the two candidates, Reverend Warnock and John Ossoff, get those two seats. The Democrats get control of the Senate. Yertle is out. Lindsey Graham probably gets loses his uh, little little power thing that he's got going on. And we have new leadership in the Senate. And I think that's the only way Biden's administration is going to be able to do some of the lofty goals he has set is you've, you've got to have cooperation from the Senate. And if you have Democratic control of both um, chambers of Congress, then, man, I think some good things can happen here in the next four years. So. Yeah. You can only hope so. That's what we're watching this coming week, the uh, Georgia runoff elections. I'll have my TV tuned to uh, MSNBC all day probably watching it. (laughs) I'm not going to watch it because I know it's going to end up being split. I know it is. You think so? I've said it. I said it last week. Yeah. I I think Warnock is going to win, and I think uh, Alsif is going to lose. Yeah. That's just what I'm feeling. Yeah. Well, that's just what I'm feeling. And the reason reason for that is that, um, you know, there's something about the electric and women. You know, she was appointed a position or she had some little temporary thing that went on. Right. And she's a multimillionaire. What the hell does what what does she need to be in in Congress for? So people are going to not look at that. But uh, also, if he's run for three i think he's run this is his third time running in the past three or four years and so i i think that he's just going to have a tougher time okay. if if you've noticed on some of the major tv uh programs you know you've seen also and you haven't seen warnock yeah have you noticed that yeah yeah and the reason for that is that they're trying to get people to know who he is and get yeah. to know, you know, he needs he needs a shot. So they're putting yeah. him on more so to get more exposure to him. Yeah. And so he'll have the well, toughest route to go, even though yeah. that Purdue and and uh, Purdue, um, you know, in the in the last election, he, Purdue whooped him pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just wasn't enough to get that, you know, 50 plus one percent or whatever it is. However, they've rigged the election so that black folks don't get ahead. Right. Right. You know, 50 plus one. Yeah. Well, as Jesse said, we can keep hope alive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, third time might be the charm for Mr. Ossoff. <laughs> you know, you can only hope but, so. But we we got to get something, man. We we got to change the the. We got to change the the playing field in Washington D.C. Otherwise, I mean, if 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 they retain control of the Senate, man, Biden's not going to be able to get anything He's done. Not going to get anything done. They're going to fight him. It's going to be four years of the same old crap. We 
we're dealing with now. And I'm just like, man, it's 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 tough enough, man, dealing with, uh, you know, COVID restrictions and the foolishness that's been going on every day with the current occupant. It's like, man, we need a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You know, you know and Moscow so, Mitch is not concerned about anything but putting nope. judges in. That's all he cares. And, and about. So if if they retain control, he's just going to continue to do that. He's yep. not going to. I mean, the CARES Act has been sitting on his desk for nine months. Yep. The Infrastructure yep. Act has been sitting on his desk for nine months. Yep. He's not going to want to do any of that. Yep. He wants to. He just wants to appoint judges. That's all his yep. legacy he wants to do. That's all he's concerned about. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so it it would be oh man, wake up Wednesday morning and guess what? He ain't the House Majority. I mean the the Senate Majority Leader no more. Yeah, that would it won't be great. Be Wednesday, they got well, all those man. absentee ballots. They got to count, man. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So maybe 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 Thursday or Friday. Saturday. <laughs> but, uh, it would be great, man, if he is out. That would yeah. be great. Great day in America if he is no longer the Majority Leader in the Senate. Great day. It would be. So, a um, little bit past the top of the hour. Uh, we're about ready to wrap it up. So, I think tonight, since it's a new year, uh, third day of 2021, do you have any resolutions this year, my brother, that, you, that you'd that you want to talk about before we sign off tonight? Well, to be honest, Wayne, <laughs> I really have never done resolutions, you know. Okay. Uh, not that I'll break them. I just... I just never have done them. Yeah. You know, my resolutions go from week to week, day to day. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what the future holds. So, right. right. Um, I'm, I've never been one or Lynn and I have never been, been uh, a family that's, uh, that's done new year's resolutions. We just haven't. Right. Yeah, I know a lot of people do. Right. And like everything else, when you, when you set up goals, you ninety percent of the time you'll achieve your goals. But you know we don't we don't we don't do resolutions. How about you guys? How about yeah, you? I, you know, I, I don't think they're resolutions. I mean, just there's some things you're like, yeah, I definitely need to do that. You know, it's that type of thing. And and one of the things we both talked about is like, man, this COVID stuff. Man, you're 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 inside. You you you've put on a few extra pounds, man, from this COVID mess. So <laughs> yeah. me personally, man, I, I got to get back in shape. I got I got to lose some weight. I got to get back in shape. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I, it's definitely something that has to be done, man. Because this is just it's taking a toll, man. Just <laughs> yeah, no. you know, you you a lot of times you're not hungry, but you're like, yeah, hey, I'll eat something. Yep. <laughs> you know. And uh, it, it's wow. It just it wears you down. And uh, so I don't view that as a resolution is something like, you know what, this is for longevity purposes. This is something that, that needs to be done. But, yeah, I've never been, quote, a resolution type person uh, at all. Uh, it's like you say, man, you don't know what the future holds. And uh, I, I got to hit back to the grind tomorrow, work, head back to the office tomorrow. So uh, part of me is looking forward. Um, you know, this this may be the year that I'm um, saying, you know what, I'm moving on. I'm, I'm moving on to something else, you know. Yeah, so Yeah, I can see that. I can don't, see that. Don't know what that is yet. I've got got a few things in the fire, as they say. But uh, this, this could very well be like, you know what, I'm moving on. So, yeah. But as resolution-wise go, nah. Nah, just some, you know, definitely just just being healthy and and uh, you know being around for longevity purposes. That's I think that's that's where we're at. So yep, that's uh that's, that's where uh, we're at. Those are goals that are achievable. That's yep, for sure. That's, that's where we're at. So that said, um, I think that uh, unless you've got something else, man, that'll wrap up our first uh, broadcast for 2021. 2021. <laughs> number, number one of 2021 is number in the books. One. Yep. Number one of 2021. <laughs> Hell, we may have to start calling these things seasons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, at the rate we're going, I mean. <laughs> Season <it's> like, three. <laughs> man, it's like three years. Our end of the third year has gone by that fast. Man. Starting a third year, brother. That's right. But it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, 
like you say, man, we get the opportunity to say it like we see it. And uh, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy the discussion, um, the the topics. We were, you know, we started out just talking about stuff related to home, but, you know, we continue to do that as it comes up. But now we're branching out into other areas. And, and I think that's a good thing. So right. we're going to keep right. doing that. And uh, I'm not we're able to do it. We're not doing it to have a large audience. You know, it's nah. not like Twitter, Twitter. Nah. But you have to have so many likes or anything like that. We're just right. we're setting the message straight. We're setting the message out there. Some of our views, you know, we we've gotten used to it. We're going to continue to do it yep. uh, on a weekly or biweekly basis. And yep. um, it's amazing. Regardless of where we are, we do it. You know, Absolutely. when I when I go someplace, I go on vacation, and if I go visit somebody, I always take my computer, and we can still. Uh, Yep. Still have a, a conversation dealing with the issues of the days, small town American guys that are continuing to move forward. Absolutely. So with that being said, we like to uh, wish everybody a, a happy new year. We want to continue to move forward and hopefully that uh, we can all get that vaccine by uh, the middle of the year and uh, America can return to uh, some s- a sense of normalcy. Yep. Okay. Yep. With that, I'd like to say um, uh, I'm Steve. And, and I'm I, Wayne. And my final words are Chileamo Dopo. My final words are Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever.